חגיגה כ"א עמוד א', exceptions to the law, מפני שכבדו של כלי חוצץ. As I mentioned to you, yesterday we were up in the north of Israel in the Golan, and we were hiking yesterday. There was a big sign, which many of you who live in Israel will be familiar with, that says no entry, a fire area, which doesn't mean that there's a fire there, it means it's a military area where uh, drills are taking place, and, and there's firing, and it, it's dangerous to be there. Uh, I wanted to take a shortcut to a waterfall through that area, um, and my wife said to me, but it says no entry. And I said, yes, but it gives the reason. It says because of firing, and we can see quite clearly there's no drilling taking place, there are no soldiers in the area at the moment, so the reason doesn't apply. And she said, no, but that's the law. You can't go in. Uh, so this idea of when do we make exceptions to the law and when don't we is one of the subjects that we're looking at in this morning's Matmon, um, as well as uh, the principle, a more detailed, a more specific principle in Halakha, which applies to, to Vilat Kelim when you are going to the mikveh to be tovel, to dip utensils into the mikveh water. If you've got a whole lot of small utensils and a large utensil, the, the utensil, can you put the small ones into the large one and shake it up a little bit in the water so that they all get tovelled at once? That's the subject uh, of the piece of Gomorrah we have today, which starts with a Mishnah that lists 11 ways in which Kodesh is treated as more severe than Truma. Uh, certain levels of tahara, of purity, have to be observed in order for a kohen to eat truma or for anybody to handle truma. And there are also standards of tahara, of purity, that are needed to handle kodesh, which is kodshim, meat that has been, food that has been set aside for a, a korban, um, for a sacrifice. Those levels of tahara are higher than the levels needed for truma, and the levels needed for truma are higher than the levels of chulin, of just ordinary food that we use. So we have to table our kalim, we have to dip our utensils into the mikveh water, that's an element of tahara, of purity, before we use those utensils for for food. But if we're going to use the utensils for truma, or even more so for kodesh, for something that's going to be brought on the on the mizbeach, then the level of tahara is higher. And the Mishnah lists 11 ways in which this applies. One of them is, Shemat bilin kelim betoch kelim litruma. You can put small utensils into a large utensil and dip it into the mikveh if it's for truma. Avalola kodesh, but not if it's for kodesh, for purposes of the Beit HaMikdash and, and the Mizbeach. The Gemara on Adaf goes on to say, Bekodesh my time law. Why not for kodesh? Why can one not do it if it's for kodesh? Amar Rabbi, Rabbi Eli, there are two different views as to why not. Rabbi Eli is the first one that the uh, that the Gemara deals with, that is because the heaviness, the weight of the uh, of the smaller utensil presses against the side of the larger utensil and there's a space between them where water might not be able to penetrate uh, and therefore it's, uh, it's not permitted to do so because it wouldn't be a complete tvila. Of course, the question then arises, which the Gemara deals with later on, well, then why is it good for Turumah? Um, and uh, why is it good for Tremai and for Chulin and for ordinary food, uh, where you can put the small utensils into the large utensil? Uh, and we'll see that the reason for that is because it isn't that water really doesn't penetrate there. It's just not a, a good tevila. It's, it's, not, um, it, it, it's a little bit tight. And therefore, for higher purposes, we don't allow it, but for the lower purposes, we do. Um, the Shulchan Aruch uh, actually s- says quite uh, clearly 
מותר לטבול כלי בתוך כלי. שולחן ערוך is written for our time, it's not for the time of the Beit HaMikdash, so we're not doing, dealing with Kodesh and we're not dealing with Truma. We're dealing with ordinary food. When you or I go to the mikveh to table our kelim, the Shulchan Aruch says in Hilchot Mikvaot, in Simon Reish Beis, in Yeradeh, that mutal litbol kli betoch kli. You can't put one utensil inside another utensil in order to do uh, the tevila the and the vilnagon. says the source of that is our Mishnah and Gemorrah in, uh, in Chagiga, the dafke lekodesh gazur rabbanan avalo letrume vekol shechem lechunen. Because the, the restriction of not putting one utensil in another was legislated only for purposes of kodesh, says the vilnagon based on our Gemorrah, not for truma, and certainly not for chulin, certainly not for ordinary cases of just you and I going to the mikveh to prepare our utensils to be able to be used for the preparation of food. But the Shulchan Aruch then goes on and says something further. However, if the inner utensil is a heavy one, it's not just spoons and knives and forks, but it's something heavy. Then we have to be careful, even for our tevila, then the tvila would not work if it's a heavy kli, which is quite difficult to understand because that's not implied by Agamora at all. Agamora says there's no problem with truma, and as the Vilnagon says, and certainly not with chulin, with ordinary usage. The problem is only with kodesh, and that problem is a problem of weight, implying that there's no problem of weight. Even if it's heavy in normal usage, we wouldn't worry about it. Where does the Shulchan Aruch get it from? that if the inner kli is a heavy one, you've got a jar, a small jar, but it's a heavy jar, and you've put it inside a, a larger pot, and you've put all of it inside the mikveh, then you do worry that the smaller utensil and the larger utensil touch each other too closely to allow water to properly penetrate. Where does the Shulchan Aruch get this from? And we find that there are two sources for it. The one is the Me'iri, one of the important Rishonim that we've used frequently, where the Meiri says, We found in the writings of the Go'onim, going right back to the early times, the Go'onim, this is shortly after the period of the Gomorrah, that they say, that if the inner utensil is like a liter of weight, whatever that is exactly, then it would form a chatzitzah, even though the Gemara doesn't mention that specifically, it would form a, a chatzitzah for truma and also for chulin. And later on, I found the same idea in the um, Talmud HaMarav, the Western Talmud, which means the Yerushalmi, the Talmud of, of Eretz Israel. So that's the Mordechai, sorry, that's the Meiri introduces this idea from the Goanim, that even though the Gemara doesn't seem to imply it, Common sense will tell you that if the inner vessel is very heavy, that you should be careful not to put them in the mikveh together. We, the second reason that we have is the Mordechai. You remember the Mordechai Talmud of the Maram Rutenberg, and of that generation from the, the, the students of the Baalei Tosfot of Europe, who integrate the thinking of the Tosfot, of the Baalei Tosfot, with the halachic works of people like the Rambam and the Rif. And the Mordechai writes... A similar thing that uh, a person should also be careful. If you take a glass utensil which is heavy, full of water, and you put it inside a bucket full of water, and then you put the bucket into the mikveh, um, that you shouldn't just leave it that way because of a chatzitzah, but you should rather 
um, shifted to its side so that it rolls around inside the bucket to create space for the water to penetrate between this jar and the and the bucket in order to do so. So we see the Mordechai also introduces uh, such an idea. Um, but where do they get it from? Where does that actually come from? So the... Um, the, the, the Vilna Gaon says, not only where do they get it from, but in fact, our Gemara says quite clearly that this applies only to Kodesh. It doesn't apply to Chol. Why are they concerned about, about it? The Vilna Gaon says that where they get it from is actually a Rashi on the next page, on Dafchaf Beis Amud Aleph, where Rashi says that this which the Gemara implies, that for chulin and for truma, for lighter usage, you don't have to worry about an inner vessel. You can put an inner vessel into a larger vessel. It's only for Kodesh that you cannot. This doesn't mean that in all circumstances you can do it. Says Rashi, the Gemara is relying on the fact that the people who do these things are Tamidah Chachamim, they're people who understand the principles and they realize, using common sense, that although there's a general principle, uh, this general principle was made for light utensils, for knives and forks and spoons and put them in a, a larger container and put them all in the mikveh, that's okay, it's much easier to table it that way. But the intention was not to put a heavy jar into a larger pot and do, and do the tevila that way. Clearly, that would be a problem, says Rashi. And any Talmud Chacham would know that, meaning that there is a general law in the Gemara, which is, for ordinary usage, you may put a small utensil into a large utensil. The exception is if the small utensil is heavy, then you don't do so. And a Talmud Chacham, a person of, of learning, a scholar, will understand that that's so. It doesn't have to be stated uh, specifically so. So what we see here is something really fascinating, and that is, yes, sometimes laws are made for the general public. Don't enter this area because there's firing here. This is a dangerous area to, to enter, and there are no specifics. You, you can at certain times and you cannot at certain times. It's just a general blanket prohibition of entry into that area. Can an individual now come along and start making exceptions? We see in the Gemara, yes, an individual can make exceptions, but the exceptions are to be more severe on oneself not to be lighter on oneself. One doesn't exclude oneself from the law to make it lighter for oneself and leave the general population with the heavier interpretation. On the contrary, if you're going to reinterpret the law for your own circumstance, you reinterpret it in a way that makes it more severe for you than it is for the general public. Because when an individual lightens the law, even if he has good reason for it, there is a, a danger that it, it doesn't look right to other people. People might not understand. People see you ignoring the law and it weakens the law in their eyes, particularly if one is somebody that people look up to. And a Jew should set him or herself uh, aside as somebody to whom the general populations look up to, somebody that the, the world regards as more morally aware, as more ethically aware. And so even when there might be situations where you might think that a general law doesn't apply in a, in a, in a particular circumstance, don't make yourself an exception. Uh, don't exclude yourself from a law to make the law lighter. If you want to exclude yourself from a law, do it to make it more severe. Do it to take a greater, a higher standard upon yourself. That's what a Jew needs to be doing in the world, and that's what a religious Jew, a Ben Torah, needs to be doing in a Jewish public. 
to set ourselves up to a higher standard than that of the general population, never to a lower one.